Welcome to Talking Giants presented by SeatGeek. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick. And the New York Giants have signed Daniel Jones to a four-year, $160 million contract and franchise tag Saquon Barkley. They're back. Um, they are they are officially back. Saquon's not officially back, but he's a 99.9% back. Justin, there's a lot to go through in all of this. You know, like we did not expect him to be back last offseason. The Giants and GM Joe Shane did not expect him to come back. I remember at training camp, we were talking to people who were within the building, being like he's most likely not going to be back here. And this show got its first bump by Daniel Jones in 2019 being drafted and putting out Daniel Jones content. And four years later, Daniel Jones is being signed as a as a franchise quarterback for the New York Giants. How are you? Yeah, first off, hi Bobby Skinner, hi everybody. Uh welcome back. If it's if it's been a couple weeks since you since you've listened to us since the season ended or if you're a first time listener, hello, welcome. I'm Justin, this is Bobby, this is Talking Giants. Um I just want to start off with this before we get to like the nitty-gritty contract stuff and the nitty-gritty football stuff and you know maybe some critiques or the best parts about the contract. First off, this is just awesome for Daniel Jones and this is awesome for the Giants that they signed one of their own and Joe Shane and Brian Dable felt strongly enough about Daniel Jones for him to be here. I, I think that that part of it is is awesome, you know, where you have Joe Shane, Brian Dable, where we believe in what those two are doing, um, especially on the coaching side of things. Joe Shane obviously still needs to prove that he can draft well and drafting well will be the main thing that decides the future of Joe Shane's tenure here in New York. Right. But we believe in what they're doing. Um, especially since Joe Shane has been operating from basically from behind and he's been operating by a trial by fire since the second that he got here, including this Daniel Jones deal, which apparently did come down to the to the wire. But for a guy like Daniel Jones, that's been dealt an absolute shit hand for his first three years. He wins nine games plus the playoff game. So make it 10 kind of remarkable to have this turnaround payoff and reward at the end of it all. Well, it's it's not just remarkable for like Daniel Jones in a vacuum. He is the first ever quarterback, the first to have their fifth year option declined and re-signed with that team. The first, like we said before, this team left him for dead. He was left for dead this year. He was a lame duck this year, um, and he played up to it. He he elevated this New York Giants team. You know, coaching absolutely matters. He had horrible coaching for year two and year three. Horrible coaching for year two and year three. Year four, he finally got good coaching with a bad supporting cast where really his only friends on the offense who were like bona fide good players going to be here for a long time are Andrew Thomas and Saquon Barkley, the only guys. And he was the main reason that this offense was ranked 15th when they were starting David Sills and Marcus Johnson's uh, for games. You know, um, he played damn near flawlessly. Now, there is improvements that need to come into this game. We talked about it a lot. There needs to be some more yeah. aggression from the offense as a whole. That's not just he, Daniel Jones. That is offensive identity, okay, because Daniel Jones wasn't passing up a ton of deep shots this year. Yeah, now, he played flawlessly in the offense that the coaches asked him to play in, and that is the that is the key key distinction here, and especially when you talk about his AAV and the price tag. We'll we'll talk more about that, but keep, but keep trucking along here, Bobby. Yes, and what they asked him to do, he played extremely well. Like he had a top ten quarterback season for 2022. Doesn't mean he's a you know like we're saying he's a flat out top ten quarterback in the NFL, but he did play like he was a top ten quarterback for just the 2022 season. Um, 
on a team that did not have a lot of talent around him. A team that did not have a lot of talent around him. Had the lowest, you know, turnover rate in the NFL for quarterbacks. Um, you know, D- Darius Slayton had his best season for the New York Giants. Isaiah Hodgins was cut from a team and became like almost a no- like a number one slash two threat for him. Richie James was a minimum contract type guy. He had the highest catch rate uh, out of any wide receiver in the NFL, I think, uh, that got a certain amount of targets. So he did his job to get this contract. Now let's talk about the contract and some pros and cons of it right now. So it is four years, $160 million. And I wanted to... We don't know the full details at this point, but I think we yeah, have. Yeah, I kind of hate. I kind of hate that we're recording right now, Bobby, because tonight we had to, we had to record something and put something out tonight, right? And especially if you wanted to live stream on YouTube, hello to our YouTube. We usually don't do this, but uh, if we wanted to live stream, it's like, well, it's got to be somewhat early. So I hate that we're recording right now because we don't know everything, but I think we have a good enough of a grasp on the contract to give some sort of reaction. Yeah, yeah, we have a better, much better grasp than we did the first hour or so. Not a full picture, but a, a good grasp of it. It's four years, $160 million. There's $82 million fully guaranteed. Not total guarantees, but fully guaranteed over the first. And those that will be paid out in the first two years, whether it's from his his salary for those years and the signing bonus, which we don't know the numbers on the signing bonus this year. Now, Ian Rappaport reports that it's $94 million virtually guaranteed. So that's another $12 million that's added right there. $35 million in, in incentives which hopefully we are paying those incentives. If you look at Josh Allen, the $30 million of incentives he got, they were like $1 million a year for winning an AFC championship game. Yep. You know, two and a half million for winning the Super Bowl. Another MVP. million dollars for winning MVP. So if we're hitting those incentives, I will, I will, sp- I will give you, I will give you an extra million. Like that's how happy <laughs> it would be to hit those um, incentives. Um, but there is some, Bad thoughts out there that it's a two-year deal. I would be, I don't, it does not seem like that, that it's going to be a two-year deal. Because you see the $94 million virtually guaranteed. It looks like it's more of a three-year deal. Because that that extra $12 million probably means, I'm not saying for sure, but probably means that if he's on the roster like March 3rd, 2024, that he's owed that extra $12 million. It's like a roster bonus. And then the signing bonus, whatever that ends up being, if the signing bonus is $40 million, and it could be more than that, I doubt it would be less than that, but it could be more than that, well, that would give him a $22 million uh, cap hit in, in year three, a minimum of $22 million cap hit for year three. So you could maybe get out of it, but you'd be eating a lot of dead yeah. money. So this is, to me, is more of a three-year deal than a two-year deal where where the like that fully guaranteed over the first two years. It confused me at first, too, but it's – it's more of a three-year deal than a four-year deal. I'm, I'm, I, f- I feel confident about that. Yeah, and where I got initially a little frustrated is when I saw that this was a two-year deal, right? And then the cap hit in the first year was $19 million, And then my brain just went to, like, how is this going to work? So now that I've kind of we've, – we've talked ourselves back into, yeah, the two years are, are fully guaranteed. The first two years are fully guaranteed. But this is actually like a three-year deal. I'm more okay with this because the one of the things that I kind of mocked up initially, Bobby, was I, I initially mocked up the Giants signing Daniel Jones to a five-year deal with three years fully guaranteed. So the fact that they have it for two years fully guaranteed and then you may have to keep them on the third year or there's a lot of – or if we're really in a bad situation and there's 
a, a lot of dead money, but you do save at least some cap savings for year three if you need to move on. I'm feeling I'm feeling a little bit better now. But the cap hit in year one is 19 million. And regardless, the cap hits in years two and three are going to be higher and they may even be much higher. Yeah, they may be very much higher. So the cap, like you hit you said, is nineteen million dollars in year one. So here's where Daniel Jones won these contract negotiations. Yes. More so than the Giants. Now the Giants did not get put over a barrel, but Daniel Jones for that middle class of QB has set a new precedent. Um with the forty million dollars average annual value. Now is forty million dollars what he's going to get paid every year? No, year one is nineteen point one dollars. But you look at that and the percentage of the cap and what it is at the beginning of contract, and that's how you compare it to other quarterbacks. Because you could talk about, well, it's not forty million dollars the first year. Neither were any other quarterback contracts. No, no quarterback contracts are being paid their average annual value as far as a cap hit in the first year. So this is the quarterbacks that I want to compare it to: unrestricted free agents, because guys getting extensions while still under contract. It's a little more friendly for the team. So unrestricted free agents. Dak, he got 21.9% of the cap. We know Daniel Jones is not uh, in that value. Kirk got 15.8%. Ryan Tannehill got 14.9%. And Derek Carr got 16.6%. This, for the Giants, is 17.7%. So that clears all of those guys by, you know, Derek Carr, who was signed two days ago, by over a percent. Good margin. It's, it's almost 3% more than Ryan Tannehill, which I thought was the most comparable. And then it's 2% higher than Kirk Cousins. I'm not going to guys, know. And those guys do have better of body of works than Daniel Jones. And body of work absolutely matters. Now, Daniel Jones on his side has the fact that he's younger. But body of work absolutely matters. And he does not have the body of work that those guys have. Like the the, the a fair contract would have been around 36 million dollars 37 million dollars average annual value like i said 36 mil you said 38 mil but with less guarantees so that kind of was where it at so the giants won this to get daniel jones to hit that 40 number they won it but daniel jones won too (laughs) yeah so or sorry daniel jones won this daniel jones daniel jones won these contract negotiations but at the same time this is not a horrible contract for the giants they weren't put over a barrel but Daniel Jones came out as if there's you got to pick a winner for these negotiations. Daniel Jones came out as the winner because he got yeah. more like he set a new precedent for the middle class of quarterback contracts. We know the cap goes up. We're not saying we're not comparing. Oh, well, he got 40 and Dak got 40. They're the same. No, Dak got 42 years ago. But the cap percentage, that's what you look at. And. And and even though the cap goes up, the cap goes up every single year. So Daniel Jones did set a new precedent. We'll see how it, it affects mid, middle, you know, the the middle class quarterback contracts going forward. But he did he did set a new precedent. Yeah, and I think the the Giants and Daniel Jones they they met at a middle ground. I think the middle ground that they met at is more beneficial for Daniel Jones a hundred percent. But I can imagine the Giants wanted. I didn't I can imagine the Giants didn't want to give out too much guaranteed money with guaranteed years attached to it. And that's what we saw, right? But they wanted Jones back. And I do think we kind of disagree with this, Bobby. Joe Shane said over and over again, Daniel Jones is going to be back. Daniel Jones is going to be back. And what kind of bothers me, now that we know the full timeline, especially with Daniel Jones agency and stuff like that, Joe Shane was saying that Daniel Jones is going to be back before even having a conversation with Daniel Jones and his agents. And then forget the agent change. 
forget he didn't even have a conversation with the new agency before saying that oh daniel jones is going to be back daniel jones is our guy so i thought again a little trial by fire by joe shane i don't know if he does that the next time there's like a major contract negotiation like this and agents, jones, do, agents do use that stuff like there's agents yeah on like which, every uh nyg uh research rick was like posted a clip i, I can't remember the agent's name he's like everything they say i put in a file and we'll use it against them um and this is where Daniel Jones won, was by changing agencies. Because CAA is not a small agency, and they told him to be more reasonable with his contract. Yeah. Ask, and he fired them. He fired them. And that 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 change made Daniel Jones more money. Because reasonable would have been, you know, the 36 to $38 million max a year. You know, and I know it sounds like we're splitting hairs, and that's why we're talking about. That's why I'm saying that it's, it didn't. It's not the Giants weren't put over a barrel. But that stuff does matter. We've seen in past years when we talk about signing guys, that stuff does add. Add. Yep. It can make the difference between signing a solid player and letting a solid player walk. Yeah, Jones was helping on getting forty million per year. Like we kept that. We kept hearing that number, hearing that number, and we're like, "There's no way he's actually going to get that right." And I and I really don't think why this maybe took so long. The Giants did not want to give him $40 million, but the way that Jones was able to compromise is by with the two fully guaranteed years. We'll see how it plays out in year three, um, but he was hell-bent on getting $40 million. Even if it's for only two guaranteed years, that's what he was hell-bent on getting, and he got it. Yeah, and that comes with less guarantees, which is where the Giants, where you look from the Giants' side, this isn't. Um, this isn't like a, a really bad deal for the Giants. I think they lost in these negotiations, but I don't think we're coming out being like, man, the Giants really screwed themselves. Um, and at the end of the day, Daniel Jones, I think, proved this year to be a pretty good quarterback. Like there's there's no doubt in that. And now it's like, okay, now we got to see it go to the next level. I do despise some of those like, well, there's no excuses anymore. It's like, well, guess what? Like this guy just elevated the team. With, like it can't get worse than the surrounding cast is this last year. At least I hope it can't get any worse than the surrounding cast. But his play uh, has to get cast. better. I mean, uh, right? Because there has to be more aggression built into this offense, and that yeah. comes with more trust in Daniel Jones and better pieces and better pieces. Like Evan Neal, Evan Neal's a huge deciding factor on how much huge. more aggressive this offense can get. You know, so like that's a huge part. They desperately need wide receiver help right now. Richie James and Darius Slayton are unrestricted free agents. That position has to be addressed somehow. So, but the idea that like, oh, well, now there's no more excuses. Well, it's like there was no excuses for him last year. If they didn't win, if he didn't perform, he's gone. And he did. He stepped up to the plate and performed. Yeah. So here's what brings me to, you know, the Jones gave uh, the, the, the Jones, the Giants gave Jones this contract, not on the body of work and not necessarily on his 2022 performance. Like I, I'm, I don't think any smart franchise would solely pay Daniel Jones on his $40 million per year on this 2022 performance. You're paying Daniel Jones on what he can become, which is an uncomfortable situation. You would rather this be Daniel Jones, second or third year in the league instead of, you know, now we're finally going into year number five and now he's being paid all this big money without the roster being kind of set around him. That's just the circumstances that we're in. But, man, it, it is on Brian Dable, it is on Mike Kafka, and it is on Joe Shane to upgrade the roster enough to trust Daniel Jones to operate like a $40 million quarterback. There cannot be the same level of hand-holding-ish stuff that we saw last year. 
And that's got to see both shots taken. Yeah. So that, yeah, that was the big. That there's one negative from Daniel Jones' game this year is like there were whole shots that he left on the field, you yeah. know. And sometimes those, you know, turning those down it led to like 10, 12 yard gains. But there was whole shots on the sidelines left. I do want to expand on the the talking point of that we're not paying him for pass production, but what he he can become because that kind of like from the if if you weren't watching the Giants, that would sound like. Well, we're going into year five, and you're paying this guy on potential. We showed that he's a pretty good quarterback. Like that's the phrase I'm going to use. He showed that he's a pretty good quarterback. So we're not paying him to like just totally change as a player. But he showed he's a pretty good quarterback with bad surroundings. We're paying him. It's like okay, you're going to go to the next level. A big part of that one is going to be adding pieces. Wide receivers huge on that. Evan Neal, maybe some additions on the interior offensive line. I don't think I don't see anything major happening there. But like that, they're paying them that like, hey, when we do get that wide receiver or get a receiving, like we're going to trust you to be more aggressive. And with that will come some more. I don't think he's I'm not going to put the expectation of being the best quarterback in turnover rate, but not being back to 2019, early 2020, Daniel Jones, where you're turning the ball over like crazy. Right. You know, I mean, like, I will trade. Have- we can't yeah, have I, like rookie year two touchdowns a game, Daniel Jones, but also one interception a game. Like the touchdown rate for Daniel Jones in 2019 is great. If you could get that rate every single year, is great. But you can't have that turnover rate. It was good for a rookie season, but that's not good for a 40 million dollar fifth year quarterback. Yeah, I will easily trade, easily, easily trade that turnover rate being higher, not astronomically higher, but I mean. I mean, that one, a 1% interception rate in the NFL was the best in the NFL this year. The Giants, as an offense, had the lowest turnover per drive rate in the National Football League. And that's great because this year's offense needed to do that because they weren't producing more explosive plays. But again, this now with this contract, the way that this contract is structured, even if it's only two fully, even if it's two fully years guaranteed, this needs to be an offense that is centered around the quarterback and promoting the quarterback's value to the team and the quarterback's impact on winning and losing games. That's what this needs to be. The scheme can be great. I still want play action. I still want play action on, on, on early downs, just not oversaturating it. I still want, if we can still build an offense around a running game, hint, hint, not a running back. You know, I still want that being integrated into the game, getting early leads and then running the ball a shit ton. That's what good teams do, but it needs to be centered around the quarterback being the reason why we win games because we're paying a quarterback like he is supposed to be leading us to victories. Yeah, like drop back passing has to be a huge part of this offense where it wasn't the first half of the season. Daniel Jones was executing it. The the non-drop back passing offense, damn near perfect outside the first two weeks of the season, but we, we need to be able to trust the drop back passing. We need to be able to, you know, read the full field and take deep shots and like and not not have to run off pure progressions or just quick game. Like that stuff needs to be part of the offense, but there needs to be an absolute like d- desire and attack to like we are going to attack down the field. Yeah. We're not going to be like Josh Allen this past year and obviously Daniel Jones will never be at the same level of player that Josh Allen is, but we need to attack down the field and that to be a big part because that's how you score points consistently in the NFL. Like you don't score points consistently by playing flawless uh mistake-free football that's how you know so there there needs to be more of that and if there was more of that this past year there would have been some higher scoring games by the way oh yeah you know like like 
the Giants catering that offense to around running the ball out of under center, two tight ends, it actually screwed them. Like there was a that that lull. Like when when people bring up that lull in the middle and the like that's you know the second third of the season, like oh see that that team Daniel Jones couldn't do it without the run games. Like well no Daniel Jones was doing everything he could and they weren't allowing him to do it. Like the Texans game. Like, yeah, I was I, about to just say 24-16. That game's not 24-16 if Daniel Jones throws more on early downs. Yeah, if they throw the ball more on early downs, it's 38 points. The Washington Commanders tie. That game was infuriating because every time he was given an opportunity, he did well. Like he elevated, like he went w- above and beyond what the scheme allowed him to do, but they kept on trying to force the run. They were doing play action on second and 10 and second and 12 consistently, and it just put him in an unwinnable situation. So there needs to be, again, not to say that there's not going to be games where like, hey, two tight ends and we're running the ball well. Like there, that's going to be a part of this offense, and especially with Saquon Barkley on the team, at least for one more year. But there needs to be like there that needs to be like game plan specific and not their identity like it was right. for about seven eight games this year. Right. All right. So do we talk about what is the nineteen million dollar cap hit in year one? What does that mean for year two? Do we don't really have those details yet? But do we ever talk about what we think or what you think? Well, did you, I wanted to talk about Saquon Barkley, and then we could, t- and then we can talk about like what the Giants have with cap space. Okay, um, but we could also do that. I mean, I, I'll say quickly right now with DJ and Saquon, they've got about twenty-two and a half million dollars left in cap space, and then you you factor in that something will happen with Leonard Williams, so you probably got somewhere between twenty-six to thirty million dollars that they're going to work with, which is which is plenty enough for them to maneuver and make. Well, I was talking about year two of Daniel Jones's deal, not not this year. Oh, oh no, then go ahead. No, I, I was no, I was. I, I want to talk about it. What do, what do we think? What do we think? So, if it's two years fully guaranteed, um, I think, I I think I texted you something. I think the cap kit is going to take definitely a jump up, and it's just a matter of how much. Um, I think it could take a jump up to like 35, 40 mil. Well, right. So you remove nineteen from the one sixteen number. Um, now which you, have a, you have You have one hundred forty one million dollars left over three years. Yeah, which that's an average annual value of like forty seven million dollars a year. Yeah. So either it's it. I mean, it's got to be at least thirty. It's going to be a minimum of thirty or so, and that would put like the year three at like you know fifty to sixty type stuff. Mm-hmm. There's going to be one year where it's like he's taking up nineteen percent, and that's why. I kind of got a little aggravated on social media today when I was comparing the percentage of the caps. It's like, well, that's not what his cap is going to be this year. It's like, yes, but eventually he's going to have a really big cap number. Right. Just like right. every other quarterback con- like contract what is structured. Every single one. Like I said, Dak, like the, the percentage of the cap that Dak took up uh, his first year, 9.4%. Daniel Jones will take up 8.4%. Uh, Kirk, 12.6%. Ryan Tannehill, 11.3%. Derek Carr, Saints are a little different, 3.2%. But those are all, you know, a good chunk less than what they want. And in an ideal world, you'd like to be the big number to be the first year and then get it over with. But that's just not reality for 95% of quarterback contracts, unless you're Jimmy Garoppolo. Right. So uh, there's it's they're going to have an, uh, an uncomfortable year. But with that comes, it's like, well, there's pending free agents and stuff. So. Yeah. Like, and you think about, well, what about Andrew Thomas and Xavier McKinney? It's like, well, every most contracts have somewhat of backloaded. So I am not one to, I am, I will never be one of the 
cap space is a myth type guy. But like Dan, this Daniel Jones contract, the only thing it stops them from doing is being huge spenders in free agency, which we don't. Which want you can make an be. argument they shouldn't be anyway. Exactly, which is what we don't want them to be anyway. So that's what that's what it stops them from, or from making like it could stop them from making a trade for like, hey, we want to we want to go make it go out all out on this guy. But even then. It can be finicky. You just can't. You just can't be reckless in free agency, is what it is. You have, you have to be smart and make sure the free agency ones you do spend some money on hit. Yeah, I have another question for you. So, when Brian Dable and Joe Shane came in here, we were talking about the future of the quarterback position all last offseason. My big ask for this regime was for them to find a QB that they're willing to put their jobs on the line for. And it and I thought initially that it would be obvious when they do so. Is this DJ extension that move? Does this DJ extension tell you that Joe Shane and Brian Dable are willing to put their jobs on the line for this guy? Or is the only two years fully guaranteed enough where if this goes catastrophically wrong, Joe Shane and Brian Dable can survive it? Which I hope it doesn't. I don't think it's going to. But we've seen crazier things happen after year one of Pat Shermer and Joe Judge, right? We've seen crazier things happen. But we also saw Dave Gettleman last four years. Right. And this is why I don't think it their job is dependent on it. their pub, the public view, but looking at past years, like this was, this is something we talked about when we talked about all the upcoming free agents and Daniel Jones being the biggest name on that is that signing guys to these contracts as really never stop quarter teams from getting their quarterback. And you look at the, like the best five young quarterbacks in the NFL, Patrick Mahomes, they had Alex Smith on a four year, $68 million deal at the time. The bills, uh, with Josh Allen. Now they had Tyrod Taylor who got them to the playoffs. They had the 22nd pick, but again, they, they didn't have good, like, you know, they didn't have a high draft pick to get their quarterback. Uh, the chargers uh, getting jo- uh, Justin Herbert. They had Phillip rivers on a four year, $83 million deal. Didn't stop them. The Ravens getting Lamar Jackson, which is c- kind of wild. What's going on today in the NFL with that. <laughs> they had Joe Flacco on a six year, $120 million contract. And the guy with the 32nd pick, and then the Joe Burrow with the Bengals, they had Andy Dalton on a six-year, $98 million contract. So they're not looking for a quarterback this year. I doubt they'll be looking for one for next year. If they are eventually looking for a quarterback, that's going to be around right around the time where you can use Jones as a bridge quarterback, yeah. like a lot of like guys on those lists on that list did, like Joe Flacco, like Alex Smith, and also be like, okay, there's an end in sight for this contract. So I don't I don't view this as their job defining i think public like if if it doesn't work out with both these guys they're good media you know it's going to be the fans the media like everyone's gonna be coming down from them but as much as the giants have fired coaches every two years i do see mara having some patience in this and especially because mara proclaimed daniel jones as a franchise quarterback after the season like yeah, he's he has fully signed off on this. This is not some GM who's just like, hey, you do what you do, and then like, how did this backfire? Like, I, I'm not going to sit here and say Mara meddled, but Mara 100% approves of this. Yeah, and I would like to think that Joe Shane and Brian Dable do too. Joe Shane's Joe Shane's job depends on how the next couple drafts go, more yeah. so than this contract, I believe. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Joe Shane, like I said, I think I said this at the top. Joe Joe Shane's the success of his tenure 
is going to be based on how he drafts well. And I agree with you that it will not it will not be based on if he paid Daniel Jones $40 million or $35 million a year. It will it, not be it'll put some on heat that. on them in year four, year five, but like it'll it'll put them on the hot seat, but I don't think it would get them. I I, I don't if this if if we're if two years from now we're like we're looking to get off the Daniel Jones contract, I don't see Joe Shane being fired. Yeah, John or, John Lynchester. This is a little bit of a stretch, but John Lynch and San Fran, you know, they, they've survived and they're thriving for years because they have good coaching and they draft well and they have a good roster and they've never been able. And they also paid a quarterback who is arguably kind of mid and average and maybe even sometimes bad, but it's made by the system. So, oh, yeah. Garoppolo know. was flat out bad for them. Yeah. Like, like oh, he, well, he won playoff games. It's like he completed 12 passes to go into the Super Bowl yeah. in the playoffs. Draft well, passes. have a good system. That will be the reason why you survive and thrive in the NFL. Um, and hopefully quarterback is figured out in the midst of that too. Justin, this episode was brought to you by some special people. You want to know who? Just I want to know who. Just a couple. One guy just named Will. He, he don't need no last name. He's a horse with a uh, horse with no name, even though he doesn't mm. have a first name. And then Brian V and V stands for victory cigars. Justin, who are these people? Victory cigars. How do you like that? I got strep throat in Atlantic City because I smoked a little too many victory cigars, I think. Uh, Jeff Pilgrim told me, what did I tell you about putting things in your mouth in Atlantic City? Didn't listen. Patreon.com slash talk of giants trials a month. You already know the drill. It's honestly the best community of Giants fans you can kind of hang out with. Uh, you know, there's like fantasy football leagues that happens all the time uh, that you could be part of. So there's a lot of stuff that you could be part of. Uh, we rec- you, you get to hang out with us while we record the shows live. Bobby Skinner will send you some stickers in the mail. And there's a couple shirt raffles every single month, too. There's some Daniel Jones shirts on the store that are actually going to be relevant. I did tell myself, Justin, that if Daniel Jones gets a second contract, and I think I even tweeted this back in the day that I will get his jersey next. Yeah, I have I have his jersey, so um, it's a, it's a nice jersey. It's weird wearing a a single digit jerseys. There's not a, there's not a lot of times throughout the years that we've been able to do that as Giants fans. You know, Eli two digits. Patreon.com slash talk Giants. Come hang out with us. It's it's a great time. Yeah, so I, I guess I think I'm gonna have to get a Daniel Jones. Like, do it. Quarterback gets a second contract. You kind of get it. Got it. If you're if and I'm not a jersey guy, but I was like the, my next investment one. Now I got an Andrew Thomas one as a great birthday gift. Mm. Um, but. I, th- I think I'm going to have to get a a Daniel Jones uh, jersey. Um, anything else you that we might have missed talking about with Daniel Jones? Um, I mean, really, the I just want to emphasize again: this is so determined on his explosive play rate, and if the offense is able just to. Uh, this is a no shit Sherlock, but. And if the coaching staff is able to trust him, because I know the schematics are there. This is Mike Kafka coming from Kansas City. This is Brian Dable that's coming from the freaking Buffalo Bills, the two most explosive, fun offenses in the NFL. It's not like we're talking, you know, we're just hoping Jason Garrett revolutionizes, you know, his thinking of the last 20 years. We know they got it. We even saw it weeks one and two where Jones wasn't pulling the trigger, throwing it deep. We saw the deep concepts weeks one and two, and then, the coaches saw it, that the old line's not going to be able to hang ha- hang with it, and the wide receivers aren't going to yeah, be able the to Shep hang. Injury. With it. I I wonder if it was like this isn't going to work or the Shep injury because they did in the Dallas game and Daniel Jones actually performed in that Week Three Dallas game, um, but everybody else on the team let him down. But right. I, it's, I guess we'll get those those they're they're going to have to come out and and be that type of offense again. Not trying to be the Buffalo Bills or the Kansas City Chiefs, but not being. 
you know, where you have this Daniel, where you have the second lowest 20 plus yard throw rate in the NFL. Yeah. An average depth of target that was worse than what Jason Garrett was doing. And, and you don't win and lose games based on your average depth of target. I mean, if anything, you know, your your higher average depth of target, you know, maybe you're you're throwing more interceptions, you're turning over the ball more. That's not great, right? But there has to be a middle ground between being the most conservative team in the NFL and being the most aggressive team in the NFL. And we're asking for a middle ground, similar to what we were asking for in the middle of the season when we were calling from our early down passing and then the Giants did it. The Giants didn't become this pass-happy team, especially on early downs. They just showed more balance, and that's when we saw the best of Daniel Jones and the best of this offense. The Giants need to treat Daniel Jones like he's a $40 million quarterback. They're paying him like he's a $40 million quarterback. That is my main ask for 2023 and 2024. Treat Daniel Jones like he is a $40 million quarterback because that is the return that we need to see for this contract to be successful. Absolutely, absolutely, a hundred percent. And get and 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 I don't want to hear the no. You know why I don't want to hear the "there's no more excuses" line because I want them to add some pieces to this freaking team. I want there to be no excuses because there actually is. Actually, I hate the word excuses. I don't want there to be logical reasoning because to have these arguments because the Giants add pieces and they're able to attack doing that. Um, so now we have to talk about Saquon Barkley got fran- uh, a non-exclusive franchise tax. We have to talk about that first, Justin. Why don't you talk to us about something else? Yeah, I'll talk to you about something else. We got to talk about Manscaped. Yes, that's right. Spring has almost sprung, and our friends at Manscaped have the best tools for some spring cleaning. This year, Manscaped can help you get the perfect presentation on that beautiful face, not just your face down low. Manscaped's got you with your actual face. This is not a code for penis. This is not a penis joke. With the new Beard Hedger Pro Kit and get 20% off plus free shipping using the code GIANTS. The kit starts with the Beard Hedger. It's a waterproof cordless trimmer that has a rotary wheel to give you 20 hair cutting lengths all with one guard. So no more messy drawers full of extra add-ons. There's a titanium-coated T-blade, and the Pro Kit also comes with the Beard Shampoo, Manscaped's Beard Oil, and to cap it off with the Beard Bomb. One of my best friends in the world, Michael Bokra, he says, this is the best gift that you ever gave me. Manscaped sent me something for free. I'm currently growing out a neck beard. I can't really grow a full beard, so I gave one of my best friends the Beard Kit that Manscaped sent me, and he says it's the best thing that I've ever given him and I've ever done for him. And I take a lot of pride of that. So get 20% off and free shipping with our code giants at manscaped.com. Focus on the face and use the beard hedger pro kit for the cleanest look in the game. Bobby Skinner, you'll be glad you did. Let's talk Saquon Barkley. You'll be glad you did. I know this is a podcast, so we're not reading chats, (laughs) but I like this one. Big Dave just says, Hey, Baker Mayfield talk shit now, (laughs) which I love that. I love that. I love that pettiness. Um, and I, I just love it. Um, People forget in 2019, talking giants waged war with Baker Mayfield, like threatening to like putting public advocations like we want to fight you. Um. Also, there was a 2000 I had I had in our group chat, like I think summer 2020 talking giants was the peak and it'll never get better. And there was a tweet that I had a picture about talking about DeAndre Baker and like going to sure. the barbecue. And I was just holding a Glock. <laughs> um <laughs> Let's let's talk Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley has a non-exclusive franchise tag, which puts him at uh, $10.1 million. So the non-exclusive franchise tag, how's that different? Well, it's the same thing that Lamar Jackson is going through right now. Saquon Barkley can now negotiate with other teams. 
And if another team decides to sign him and, and Saquon Barkley agrees to that deal, they he can be on that team if the Giants decline to match. The Giants can match that whatever offer he gets. If they decline, the Giants would get two first-round picks. So what does this mean, Justin? It means that no other team is going to Saquon Barkley and give the Giants two first-round picks. So just I disagree. That, that's that's not we we had a chat earlier and you're talking about what teams need running backs and I, I had to tell you stop this is this there is no chance that this will happen so hey Bears Bills Chiefs Cardinals Texans Raiders Ravens Patriots if anyone needs a running back you can negotiate with ours and you'll just need to give up two insignificant first round picks I know you want to so again Bears Bills Chiefs Cardinals Raiders Texans Ravens Patriots those are my teams so he's going to be back. <laughs> on on this tag supposedly the giants have been like up their offer to almost 13 million dollars a year and again we don't know what the what the guarantees and stuff are in like that but i am still firmly in the camp that the giants need should just play him on the franchise tag like i don't think there should be any want to to get a long-term deal done with him because of his injury history and his history of battling with uh, slight injuries and being banged up. We talked about it on the upcoming free agent podcast with him. We went into great detail. I I am not like anti-running back. Like if Saquon Barkley was phenomenal these past uh, five years and missed a couple games here or there, I would be advocating to get him a contract. The Giants are healthy enough cap-wise. They need playmakers at this time. But that's not who Saquon Barkley is. He is a uh, running back who's banged up. Uh, a lot he's had major injuries too and i i do not want to lose him so that's why i would want to play him on the franchise tag and honestly we talked about how it's bad business you know what saquon barkley if he's turning down 12 and a half mil per year 13 million per year i don't feel bad about it for one second i don't feel bad about it for one second i'm also not going to cry for a guy that's making 10 million dollars uh in a season yeah, again, and it goes back to my whole point of if the Giants are going to pay Daniel Jones $40 million, then you need to operate your offense around a quarterback that's worth that $40 million. And I'm sorry, an offense that has a quarterback that has $40 million, it is not worth paying running back more than $10 million, especially on a multi-year basis where you are guaranteeing him money. I love that Saquon Barkley will hopefully be on the team for 2023 at a one-year rate at $10 million. I love that. The Giants have cap space. It's a one-year thing. Barkley was solid for us this year. He was very good for us this year. Uh, I, I do think the offense was at its best when Saquon Barkley was not being involved as much and we were prioritizing efficiency over volume for him, which, to be honest, that is how most running games are most efficient and most effective anyway in the NFL, when they're not getting 25-plus carries a game. If they're getting 25 carries in a game, that usually means that they're winning by an insane amount early in the game, which sign me up for a team that you're winning early in the first half and then you run the ball in the second half. But that's not real life. That's not the real. That's not going to be real life for the Giants. So I don't envision it's not my vision for the Joe Shane and Brian Dables Giants to be paying a running back over $10 million, $12 million, $13 million on a multi-year basis when you have a quarterback that's getting $40 million. It's not it's not part it's not part of my vision. And if he plays great this year, that he stays healthy, you know, like you the franchise tag is still in, in, you know, in your holster, right? Now, Dex and Xavier McKinney could be free agents at that time, so you would like to have it in there. But again, and 
Saquon Barkley was very good this year and contributed to winning. He very much contributed to winning. They act like that, you know, that oh, running backs don't matter and they don't you could just put anybody behind there. Disagree. Now I value building an offensive line and putting a running back by there, but they're not going to be the same contributors as Saquon Barkley is. But Saquon Barkley did not carry the 2023 New York Giants. And I kind of said, like, well, he carried them when they were six and one, right? Because he was leading the NFL in rushing. No, he did not. I'm going to go quickly on a game-by-game basis. The Titans, he absolutely carried them. He carried them to a win. The Panthers, he didn't carry that game. He had 72 yards, 3.4 yards per carry. The Bears win. You can, I would say that if there was a, a second game to say he carried it, be that game. Daniel Jones got hurt, and he can he put up three more points on the board by being able to run the ball still. I mean, he was he was phenomenal in that game. He had that screen play. Like that, that is a game you could say. After that, there was not a single game where you could say Daniel or Saquon Barkley was like the number one main reason on offense over Daniel Jones. The Packers, absolutely not. Daniel Jones was much more. The Ravens, that was the, the Ravens is actually the only game where I consider the Giants being a little lucky and winning. That wasn't because Saquon Barkley averaged 3.7 yards per carry in that game at 12 receiving yards. The Jaguars played very well in that game. Daniel Jones was NFC player of the week that game. He had three less rushing yards than Saquon Barkley in that game and played like that was a perfect game from Daniel Jones. The next win, the Texans, the Texans, 35 carries, 152 yards. Saying he carried the Giants in that game is like saying the if a game where Daniel Jones threw the ball 50 times, but they only scored on, on Saquon long runs was like saying that Daniel Jones carried that. They only scored when they threw the ball on early downs and put the ball in Daniel Jones' hands. They should have put up 38 points in that game. He didn't carry. I don't care if he got 35 carries in that game. In fact, that was a bad game plan knowing he was dealing with the, sh- the shoulder. The Commanders tie. Let's count that as a half a win. That was the game where, one, Saquon didn't carry anything in that game, and Daniel Jones, like, elevated the scheme. Like, we don't tie that game if Daniel Jones doesn't play as well as he did, and then you get screwed by drops by Darius Slayton. The The Commanders win. He played well in that game. Didn't carry. Uh, the Colts win. Didn't carry. That was one of Daniel Jones' best game. Now, the Vikings playoff win, he played awesome. He did. But Daniel Jones was a much bigger reason. So this is not to say that Saquon didn't contribute and was a big part of winning those games. But there's only two games where I think you can make the argument that he was more important for the offense than Daniel Jones. First of all, I think Daniel Jones makes Saquon Barkley's job a lot easier because he has a threat of his legs, number one. Um, and then number two, it just The argument comes- that Daniel Jones gets more rushing yards because of Saquon Barkley is backwards. Saquon yes. has more ability because Daniel Jones occupies a read defender. Like yes, I agree. Like, like you're like, oh well, the fakes and the read options is like those were. Ha- remember how like remember all the read options he had with Wayne Gallman and Alfred Morris in 2020. Like in fact, I mean, he was like. I, I feel like you also get way more yards per attempt and yards per carry on scrambles than you do on designed runs. Yes, that that is true. But Daniel Jones has had a lot of production on design runs, but this past right. year was not because of Saquon Barkley. Now, where Daniel Jones did benefit from Saquon Barkley, besides just him playing well, is that teams did start to run blitz the Giants like crazy and stack teams that didn't even like to stack the box have stacked the box. But my my counter argument to that, that was when the Giants' offense was in a lull and they continued to force-feed Saquon Barkley, right? Now, he benefits when they did change to the drop back that it helped there. But Saquon Barkley contributed wins by his performance he was it, there were not Daniel Daniel Jones performance Daniel Jones play was not much better because Saquon Barkley it helped 
but it, the Giants were much better because of Saquon Barkley being on the team, if that makes sense. Yeah, especially for this year's roster. And I think as the roster changes and as the roster improves, and again, hopefully they change their philosophy on offense to center it more around the quarterback. It just doesn't, from a value and cap allocation roster building sense, this has nothing to do with Saquon Barkley as a person. This has nothing to do with Saquon Barkley as a player. I, I think he's a say, good player. I think it somewhat does because of his injuries, not because it's play on the field, but his injuries. Right, injury right, right. But again, and again, this is this is where va- injuries are part of value and injuries are part of cap allocation and roster building. I just think it does not make sense for the Giants to do this now, and especially when they're paying their quarterback on such a large salary for the next three ish years, right? Because we're projecting this, you know, whether this is two years or three year deal. It does not. If Daniel Jones is on his rookie contract. F yeah, pay Saquon Barkley. Okay, keep him on a low cap hit. Spread out the cap hit, blah, 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 blah. I'm a little bit more okay with that. The cap's growing. But now that the Giants are investing in their quarterback, it just doesn't make sense. Doesn't this hurt? This hurts me to say because I love I love Saquon Barkley. Like I love having him on the field. I will celebrate him being on the field for the Giants. But there is facts that he is not the same playmaker that he was in 2018 and 2019. Like, that Saquon Barkley we didn't see this year. We saw a good running back out of Saquon Barkley this year. We did not see the same playmaker that he was. The eye test and numbers of, you know, broken tackles and yards after contact meet that. You know, out of seven running backs who kind of got workhorse, you know, like uh, workhorse uh, carries, he was seventh of seven in yards after contact. You know, uh, he was 25th in yards per carry this year. You know, running backs with 100, uh, at 170 carries, he, had, uh, he was 13th in yards per carry. So... And if you want to argue, well, the often interior offensive line, that's kind of the point. That is part of the point with them. So, I, again, and this is why I'm saying franchise tag him. I don't want to lose a talent like Saquon Barkley. I do not want to lose him for nothing, but I'm not giving him a long-term deal. It's it's cruel, but it's to me it's 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 the most logical thing. It sucks, but I'm not giving him a long-term deal. Part of me – I have like this slight little fear in my head. That's not really a fear. I mean, really, this is this is on him, you know, if, if he wants to play on the tag or not. But I do have this slight little fear that he won't play on the tag. And I definitely have a much bigger fear that the Giants will give him a contract extension before the season. I think that is going to happen. I mean, and I would the... hate that. I would hate yeah. it. I mean, it would have to be like, like, like it couldn't be backloaded at all. And the no. years would have to be fake. Like at most, you got two years worth of a contract. At most, and, I, and again, the franchise tag is lower than any average annual value that he's going to get. Okay, yep. and you don't. It, it's not like you need to. Like it's not like with Daniel Jones, where it's like putting a thirty-two million dollar cap hit kind of puts them in issues. Having a ten million dollar cap hit of Saquon Barkley, it puts you less at, than it, it puts you three million dollars less than just what a Daniel Jones. Uh, franchise tag would look like Saquon Barkley getting 10 million this year is, is basically the same if not less of what he's gotten every year in his NFL career because he's already been paid like a top running back because stupid um, I can't get too upset his stupid Dave Gettleman took him second overall yeah Saquon so, Barkley's been paid like a top running back every year of his NFL career so far yeah so that's why it's like is the franchise tag kind of dirty business should the NFLPA worked to get at, get rid of it, even though it only affects less than one percent of players in the NFL. Yes, like I do, I do have sympathy for that. But at the end of the day, 
I'm also gonna say, I'm not gonna I'm not I'm I'm not gonna do say what I think is the most reasonable thing, which is paying Saquon Barkley and giving him ten point one million dollars guaranteed. And guess what? You get to be part of the New York market still. So um yeah, it it's it's dirty business, quote unquote, but it is one there is it is not the right decision to get Saquon Barkley a long term contract. And I think they will I mean what did what did do you think Jordan Ronan was joking? Because you gave him shit about the 50-50 stuff where he's Yeah, which was infuriating. Like, All the reporters saying 50-50. It's like, no, just tell us what you think is going to happen, not 50-50. Just he don't did even say, tweet if you're going to say 50-50. He did say 90, what he said, like 92.2% that a Barkley deal gets done. I, I, I think, think he was making joking. a joke on the people saying like, what percent? Because it's like, well, you can't really give a percent. But the joke's on you. You guys gave a percent of 50%. Um, But... Duggan said that they likely think to get a long-term deal. I I, I guess they think it's going to happen. I mean, is Saquon really going to hold out for like, no, I'm not taking $13 million a year? Or are the Giants going to blink, which would be crazy? Because, I mean, they should be quietly hoping he play, like that he doesn't take $12.5 million a year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the thing that sucks for Barkley now personally is that if he were to hit the open market now, he gets way more money than if he hits the open market next year. Most likely. Most likely. Yeah. yeah. He'll be another year older. Um, and there's just a lot more unknowns where, you know, you're going to be taking how many more hits, how many more carries. Um, you mm-hmm. know, you could you could suffer an injury where, you know, he suffered an injury this year. And credit to him. He played through it. Uh, but you could suffer an injury where you actually miss games. Um so we'll we'll see how it works out, but I have I my preference is they franchise tag him. He plays this year. He contributes like he did this year. Cool, done, and then after this year, kind of just like goodbye. Hit the open market. Yeah, I I, I agree. I agree one hundred percent. And if he plays really well again, friend, let's run the franchise tag back. It's still going to be less than what his average annual value. Um. Would be. Do we have any, do we have a uh, do we have contract details on Daniel Jones? I saw. I'm I'm looking at Twitter notifications right now. I don't think so. Let's see. No, I haven't checked Twitter in a while. Oh, I. So the 2019 draft class when we were first starting, I put on tweet notifications for most of them just to like get interaction from the Talking Giants account. I still have Corey Ballantyne's tweet notifications on. He requeeted re, retweeted retweeted the Saquon Barkley. Congrats, brother Daniel Jones. Once should I keep? Yeah. Uh, he doesn't tweet very often. I'm going to keep the Corey Ballantyne uh, t- Twitter notifications on. Keep it alive. People forget he got shot the day after he got drafted. He and Mike get Francesa, shot. And Mike Francesa blamed him for it. Mm. What an idiot. And his friend died, which is like super sad, obviously. Um, no, nothing. Not even like even like min- not even anything. My any minor details. So, so we'll we'll be back on Friday. Not exactly sure what we're going to do with the Friday show, but we should have. We'll have the full detail, so we'll definitely have Clarity. that on then. Um, and maybe maybe we'll do some type of collab with another show or something if we if there's no news to talk about. So, um, any any anything else, Justin? Any no. you want to talk about Big George's tweets? I brought up Corey Valentine. If you want to balance that out, mm, like Big oh, George, Big, Chris Big Slayton, George? you could talk about. Yeah, um, Ryan Connolly. If you wanted to get real crazy, no, I'll, we'll we'll end it kind of like how we started it. This is awesome for Daniel Jones, and this is awesome for the Giants. I mean, this is. You know, I I started podcasting and I started doing this in 2018. You started doing the Giants in 2019. So, you know, I spent all of 2018 begging 
begging for a new quarterback. Like, I just feel like it's time. It's time to move on from Eli. It's time to move on from Eli. You know, being really excited about Jones's first game and then not having a lot of overtly positive, happy moments uh, for the next couple years until until this year and to see it pay off for him personally, a guy that we've, you know, even despite all of the losses and the things like that, a guy that we've always rooted for, a guy, a guy that we've always seen a path that he could be, a good quarterback in the NFL, even if you give him good coaching, which we've always said, you don't even have to give him good talent. I think we've always believed that, you know, it just give him good coaching and let's see what happens. And he finally got that in year four after his fifth year option is, was declined. And, you know, it worked out for him and it worked out in a really great way where he gets, you know, a really nice payday. So I'm happy for Daniel Jones. I'm happy for the giants that, you know, they're, this is the first player that they've given a contract extension to since Sterling Shepard. Absolutely, which is actually a tweet I have in the draft. So look at that. Um, yeah, that's it's it's kind of crazy that we're at the Daniel, you know, for getting a little sentimental. Like this podcast started, and now we're at the Daniel. We went from Daniel Jones drafted as one of the first freaking thir- fifteen episodes to now Daniel Jones being resigned. Um, so for this contract to work out, Evan Neal, you got to improve. Joe Shane. You have to draft well, and that doesn't mean just drafting wide receivers. That means drafting a good team, a good team. That means drafting good linebackers. That is what is going to make this contract happy because winning is the happiest thing you can do for a football team, and you need to draft good. Evan Neal, you have to improve. We need to get a wide receiver help, but we need to get a lot more help to make this team consistent and have ability to not have to play perfect and flawless to win games. That is the goal. So. Anything else, Justin, before we get out of here? That's it. Let's get out of here. All right. We appreciate you guys. We'll be back on Friday for a pod. Um, Thank you guys for being patient because we didn't want to rush into an episode. But we will see you Friday. Until then, let's go Big Blue.